Hey everyone, it's Michael here from goodyreader.com and holy e-readers galore. There's so many new devices that have like just hit the market or are on the cusp of being released soon. Uh, let's talk about some of the ones that have just come out. Uh, the Boyu Lightbook Alita. It's been one of the most highly anticipated e-readers of the year. It's a 10.3 inch screen, 4 gigs of RAM, screen's completely flush with the bezel, and very much like your smartphone where the SIM card has like a little SIM card port, like where, um, you know, when you have a phone and you open and close the SIM card, that's sort of like where the SD card is on the Alita. So it's sort of a hidden tray, which is kind of cool because it's not like most e-readers that have like a, an exposed SIM card slot. So once you put it in, you wouldn't really even know that you had one. This is a digital note-taking device that's basically designed to freehand draw as well as annotate PDFs as well as ebooks as well. Uh, it has Android so you'll be able to install like your own apps and the the big selling point behind this is that it's one of the few that are around that has like an octa-core processor so it's very fast and we were lucky enough to review it like a few months ago. Uh, boy, you told us at the time that they were sort of uh, revising the software experience to this. So they finally said that, yes, it's in a good enough shape to release. Uh, but it's in limited quantities right now. It's uh, retailing for $539 from the Goody Reader store. And also, the Super Note A6 is beginning to ship. Uh, Super Note 8.6 is sort of the smaller brother to uh, the A5. So Super Note is a Japanese company. They were only selling their e-readers in China until we basically convinced them to start selling it through our store to gain more international visibility. And we're selling like a lot, like 50 to 60 like a month, which is pretty cool. Uh, so the A6 is, is finally shipping. I believe we shipped off like 30, 40 orders like already just today. Um, so it's a 7.8 inch screen. It's a Wacom active digitizer. Uh, it comes with a cool stylus, but um, Supernote also released uh, a Heart of Metal series. We haven't posted the review on YouTube yet, but we have filmed it. It's basically a stylus totally made out of like metal. And so it has like a really hefty weight I believe it's like 23 grams. So it's one of the heaviest styli on the market, which makes it easier to hold, to draw, to shade. And I believe that the Heart of Metal stylus are about $59. Uh, the Super Note A6 uh, is $399. And uh, the bigger brother, I believe, is around like five something. So uh, the A6 is finally shipping out, which is good news. And probably the biggest. Uh, e-reader to be released in the last uh, few weeks is uh, the Amazon Kindle Oasis uh, 3. We conducted our review July 24th. Um, the big selling points behind this device is that it's the first Kindle that has like a color temperature system. So it has the quintessential glow light, the same type of glow light experience that you would find like in Kobo e-readers and Barnes & Noble e-readers. So they have a color temperature system. Uh, it can go from a white screen to like a very muted, like 
a sort of like a 25% of the amber light and I find that that's probably like the sweet spot and then you can go like full amber uh, so they both have like slider bars in the drop down settings menu uh, you can control the brightness as well as the warmth um, there's various ways that you can control the warmth you can have it done like automatically based on the time zone of your e-reader so like 5 p.m. it'll start like kicking in to a small degree and you know around like midnight it'll kind of go full amber uh, it's based on a new way of, of doing things so not only can it, can it run on a time of day but it also has ambient light sensors there's two one above each of the power buttons so it'll automatically adjust the brightness and the warmth of the color temperature system based on your environmental uh, conditions. So there's a few different ways to do it. And um, Amazon did two because sometimes like when you're manually churning page turns because it has two page turn buttons on uh, the right hand side so you might cover one of the ambient light sensors so the one that's not being obfuscated by your finger uh, those are the ones that will do it so um, it has a free scale dual core processor so it has the the mythical IMX7 so the, basically the last two generations of the Oasis were the only ones to ever employ the Freescale dual-core processor. And Freescale processors are pretty well the gold standard when it comes to e-readers. Almost everybody uses either solo light, which are 1 gigahertz processors, made legit like 10 years ago. So, you know, Kobo uses those. Barnes & Noble uses those. Uh, a lot of other companies... Um, use like you know deca core processors octa core quad core but they're not using freescale they're using sort of generic cpus and instead of using what the kindle does which is e-ink regal so e-ink regal is a waveform controller that e-ink developed it basically controls the page turn speeds um the the quick um you know no flash page turn so when you have a kindle if anybody's listening that has had one in the past you probably know that when you turn the page of an ebook it's an instant translation there's no full page refresh and so that's what wriggle does it controls basically the amount of refreshing and optimizes the e-ink experience so when you have like a kindle it doesn't refresh to every you know maybe every six or 12 or 24 pages you'll see a full page refresh and there's little to no ghost so that's the benefits from there. Uh, the the e-readers, e-ink devices that basically like the boy you like Book Alita, for example, uh, they're not using Freescale processors. So they're using a waveform controller called A2 mode, which basically does the same thing as Regal, although it does it a bit differently. So with the Oasis 3, I'm pretty bullish on this. Um, it's waterproof. Uh, the page turn buttons could go on the right or left hand side, depending on what you, uh, you know whether you're right or left handed. It has a built-in gyroscope, so if you're reading it, you know if you want the page turn keys on the left hand side, you just sort of switch it and it automatically uh, do it. But there's no way to actually disable uh, the gyroscope. But I noticed with the third generation Oasis the gyroscope is less sensitive than the second generation 
Um, there's two variants, 8 gigs, about 249 US, 32 gigs, about 279. The 3G, 4G LTE version is basically like $100 more. Uh, I like this device because it's waterproof. Uh, you know, it has like a large 7-inch screen. It has a system-wide dark mode, so you could invert the colors so the background would be black, text would be white. It just doesn't do it when you're reading ebooks, but it does it like across like the entire spectrum. So I believe that one of the big underrated selling points of the Oasis is that it has Amazon fonts, so it supports Kindle Format 8, um, you know, and has proprietary Amazon fonts like Bookerly, um, Ember, Ember Bold. Uh, there's options to basically change the font size across the entire device, so if you are sort of you know not that great at scene you want like fonts to be bigger you can actually turn on bigger fonts so across the entire device every font in the menus and stuff and settings menus are a bit differently um too much to really kind of go into but we do have like an unboxing and a review video on our youtube channel as well as uh the amazon kindle oasis 3 2009 e-reader review on the front page of our website so you may want to check that out Finally, one of the other devices that was just announced today and Pocketbook confirmed it with me is the InkPad Pro will be available soon. They said as early as next week, although I don't have like a definitive price or anything like that yet, but Goody Reader will be selling it on our online store. Basically, what makes this different than the Pocketbook InkPad? Well, this model has, um, it's waterproof with IPX8. It also has Bluetooth, so you can connect up a pair of external speakers and wireless headphones to listen to audiobooks or music because it has a built-in uh, player. It has 16 gigs of internal storage, giving you enough space to house said ebooks or audiobooks or music. Um, it's 7.8 inches, resolution is about 1404 by 1872, which is uh, 300 PPI. Dual core processor, 1 gig of RAM. It doesn't have an SD card, but one of the things that Pocketbook's always done that's always really impressed me is the sheer amount of ebook formats that it supports. It supports manga, comic book formats, um, you know, Doc, DocX. Uh, it has uh, Adobe DRM support, so if you buy EPUBs or PDFs with DRM from other retailers or from the library, you can actually sideload them on the pocketbook, which is uh, pretty cool. So um, they are sending us a review of it soon. Uh, you know, like a unit for us to review, but I kind of like don't really know exactly when. So you may want to stay tuned for that. Uh, in addition, kind of uh, elaborating a little bit more on Amazon Kindle Paperweight news. Uh, they have the Paperweight 4 came out in November 2008. The only available color at the time was black. Uh, the company has just added a new color that is available right now called Twilight Blue. Uh, this is apropos because it is waterproof. So this uh, Kindle Paperweight 4 is waterproof. So um it's sort of like a baby blue. It's uh, the back is blue as well as uh, the 
the edges of the bezel are blue. So still like the, the front of the bezel is still black, still has the white Kindle logo. So you do have that contrast between like a, a black, black, you know, screen, black text and like a white background. So, um, it doesn't really cost anything extra to get the blue model so some people were kind of like waiting to see what type of other color options that um, Amazon was kind of doing with the paper white so it does do that um, I hope that they add more color options like uh, the entry-level Kindle black or white the paper white black now baby blue oasis only available in one color I do like the ability to have uh, different color options available um, we actually did a report lately on black and white bezels. Let me just try to pull this up like really quick. Uh, we did a video on it as well. Uh, you know, do black and white bezels make a, a big difference when reading ebooks? You know, hundreds of people waited on Facebook, on LinkedIn, uh, right on our blog. Um, yeah, it basically kind of runs down would you know based on environmental lighting conditions like when you're reading at night a black and white bezel sort of are engulfed in shadows you really don't know the difference but some people found and we found this as well that a black bezel the white background of e-paper and black text adds the perfect amount of contrast whereas with a white bezel it's sort of things kind of get like lost in the negative space because like it has like a white background and black text so there's not a whole lot of like contrast so we're actually doing future videos on this to uh, say okay does black and white bezels make a big difference when you are having a front light on or the color temperature system on or reading uh, next to a lamp or having a book light? These are some of the things that we never did with our initial report, but some people were sort of asking about it. So I uh, kind of wanted to really um, do a little bit more on that uh, for you all. So those are pretty well all of the e-readers that have been announced in the last few weeks or have uh, are on the verge of coming out so uh, there's a lot of new devices it's a really exciting time I believe that e-readers right now are basically undergoing a resurgence like we've been running this blog since like 2008 so a year after the original Kindle came out so we've really kind of seen uh, the rise and fall of the e-reader industry the rise and fall of the ebook industry and so on so we kind of noticed that like once the Kindle came out and started getting traction, Barnes & Noble, Kobo kind of came to the table a few years later to release their devices a lot of brands kind of jumped into the fray saying hey you know this e-reader industry there's a lot to it let's make some money so from like around 2008 to about 2012 was sort of the glory years of the e-reader revolution everybody was making just like boatloads of money like Barnes & Noble was making billions of dollars a year on their nook and that you know as much as they fall in that's really kind of says a lot about their humble beginnings they were making a ton of money everybody was even like our website was making tons of money with like ad revenue and this and that and just like web traffic and so from about like 2000 about 2013 to about 2000 
end of 2015, it was sort of like dark days of e-readers. Like nobody was really doing anything exciting. You know, there was just this nonstop parade of six inch e-readers. Uh, you know, Kobo tried the mini, which was five inches, commercial failure. But like everyone was just basically in a holding pattern. There really wasn't much advancement. And then all of a sudden, things started to get really interesting. Waterproof was the norm. Frontlit displays were the norm. Color temperature systems with the amber LED lights was like the norm. We started to see digital note-taking devices with the Sony digital paper uh, really sort of disrupt the market. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, Onyx, Boyu, uh, Supernote, like all these companies started entering the fray uh, sort of focusing on the higher end e-ink market, which were Wacom digitizer layers, stylus support. You know, with a traditional e-reader, you could also read books, but the screens were basically bigger and better. So it's about 7.8 to 9.7 to 10.3 to 13.3. I noticed that 10.3 and 13.3 sold way better than any of the other sized screens, but like a you know aimed at professionals you know 399 to about 899 were about like the the entry level price points even now they were more expensive when they first came out because it was just unproven tech and they had to make some money but now i would say that we're entering the glory days of e-readers once again um all the time e-readers are coming out with these exciting new features faster processors more ram more internal storage sd cards could support 128 gigs of uh, additional storage now uh, digital note-taking devices there's a strong segment for those there's a lot of people that use it as a replacement for paper so students people involved in the business world are or just artists that just want to freehand draw and not have like an iPad or a Samsung a Galaxy Note phone or something like that uh, because uh, e-ink in general is easier on the eyes. So that's why it's always been a very niche product and it's always had its up and downs. But I kind of feel that our our web traffic is higher now than it was like a, like a few years ago. Um, we're reviewing way more devices now than we have ever had. It's just there's so many new devices coming out month to month, uh, year on year, that it's very exciting. And I feel that my interest in e-readers has been totally revitalized. You know, a few years ago, I was kind of on the downs about, man, the e-reader industry is really not doing anything new. It's like, oh, another six-inch e-reader. How can I be excited on video or in my written review about it? But now there's just so much interesting stuff happening, like design-wise, design aesthetically. Um, you know, like the Kobo Forma or the Oasis, you know, very asymmetrical designs, very interesting. Um, a lot of other e-readers on the market are, are interesting as well um, in their own ways. Like Kobos have built an overdrive functionality now so you can borrow e-books right on the device. And that just makes it more so much, I mean... It makes it so much more accessible for like your average user that just doesn't want to buy ebooks from the built-in ebook store, and maybe sideloading content is like too confusing, or you just really kind of don't want to do it. But now you can actually just borrow ebooks from the library right on the device uh, in a bunch of different countries. So. 
from the software to the hardware to uh, just the different verticals. There's more screen sizes now than there's ever been before. You know, no longer is a six-inch e-reader a norm, but you can go from seven inches to 9.7 to 10.3 and everywhere in between. So um, this has been uh, a very brief edition of the Goody Reader Radio uh, Show. I have gotten a new mic, a new shock mount, a new uh, you know boom stand. I got like a whole new setup because I recently moved and I realized that the room I was going to devote the podcasting, there's too much echoes in it because there's just not enough art on the walls and soundproofing. So I just decided to, hey, set it up under my new setup uh, with my, uh, you know, bought new things in order to do more radio shows more often. So you can expect that the Goody Reader Radio Show will persevere. And whenever that there's like a new device or something like that, do a brief radio show, let you guys know my thoughts about it in audio form in case you don't want to read the articles. Or if you just want to have an expansion on the articles, because a lot of the times my articles are sort of brief to the point. This is a new e-reader. These are the big selling points. Here's the specs. And the radio show gives me a little bit of a different platform to give you our thoughts on it. So out of all the new e-readers that have come out, or are just on the verge of coming out, the Oasis 3 and the Alita are probably the two best. So one's a digital note taker, one's more of a consumer friendly device. Uh, they're both ridiculously expensive of what they do, but if you want a flagship device that basically does everything, you want to stick with those. For the Good Reader Radio Show, my name is Michael, and everybody take care.